0: Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Stand up for your country. Now, I'm taking credit for this San Francisco thing. I know it wasn't just me, but I pounded them on radio and television about trying to take the names of George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson off the schools out there, and they folded. They folded yesterday. And we're happy. And I'll get into this uh, in micro detail. Um, So the first thing that happened was that the San Francisco school board was under intense pressure, not only in the city by the bay, but all over the country, because most people understand there are no perfect, are no perfect people. Even icons, even historical figures, even presidents. I mean, I'm a historian. You guys know that. There isn't one president, not one, who didn't do some bad things in his life. Not one. There are no icons. There are no war heroes. No one. If you read my books from Killing Lincoln on, I tell the truth about these people. So the loons in San Francisco whose agenda is basically to indoctrinate children, school children, into a brave new world of socialism and America's bad and all American traditions should be done away with immediately so we can have inclusion and we can have fairness and we can have equality and we can have this great, great world that we're going to impose on everybody. And if you don't like it, we're going to destroy you, by the way. That's part of it. So anyway, um, the nuts out in San Francisco was six to one. The school board voted to take the names of the icons off the schools. And that would have cost uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars to do it. Four hundred thousand was the estimate. So um, the head of the school board, Gabriela Lopez, issued a statement on the matter yesterday. And I'm going to quote her. I acknowledge and take responsibility that mistakes were made in the renaming process. Reopening will be our only focus until all the children and young people are back in schools. We're canceling renaming committee meetings for the time being. We will be revi- revising our plans to run a more deliberate process moving forward, which includes engaging historians at nearby, nearby universities. To help because we don't know anything. She didn't say that, but they don't know anything. Nothing. So I made this, uh, I've mentioned this a couple of times that I, I want to clarify tonight. Martin Luther King Jr., in my opinion, was a great hero. And I write about him extensively in killing Kennedy. Okay? However, he did some things that are not good, and they're documented, they're on tape. Now, those tapes have not been put out. They're still uh, classified as national security. and They won't be put out until 2027, and I don't think they'll be put out then. And I don't want them to come out. I don't want them to come out because I think that Dr. King did so much good, he shouldn't be besmirched even by his own activities. But you could not name anything after him if you went by the standards of San Francisco, or anyone else. You wouldn't have any names of any historical people. Do you not understand all this? All right. We won. That's a big one. This is a big one. Big victory for traditional, fair-minded America. On to censorship. We'll win this one, too. So there are two congresspeople from California, which is really Not even a state in the union anymore. It's kind of a a state of mind. All right, so Anna Esho and Jerry McInerney. I'll tell you about them in a minute. So they're two congresspeople, and they have introduced, um, or they want to, uh, censor Fox News, Newsmax, One America. They want to censor them by having the companies that carry them drop them all. Okay. Here's what the uh, congressman put on paper, and I'm going to quote them. Nearly half of Americans get their news primarily from TV. However, not all TV news sources are the same. Some purported news outlets have long been misinformation, rumor mills, and conspiracy theory hotbeds that produce content that leads to real harm. Misinformation on TV has led to our current polluted information environment that radicalizes individuals to commit seditious acts, It rejects public health, best practices, among other issues, in a public discourse. Experts have noted that the right-wing media ecosystem is more susceptible to disinformation, lies, and half-truths, unquote. Experts have noted. Who who might that be? Who who are those experts? Okay, so this damns all the right-wing television outlets. But doesn't mention that for three years, the left-wing outlets, NBC News... CNN, CBS, and ABC carried on a daily basis false and fallacious reporting and analysis on Russian collusion. Three years, every day. Somehow that escaped Congresswoman Esho and Congressman McInerney. They didn't quite get that, didn't quite see it. Even when the Mueller report was released, embarrassing, all of the anti-Trump media, all of the liberal media. But then didn't care, did even pause a beat. Now, I don't justify bad behavior by pointing to other bad behavior. That's one of the cardinal rules in the no-spin zone. We do not do that. And yes, there was fallacious analysis and reporting on the right-wing networks. Yes, there was. A lot of the stuff that was put out was false about the election And about other things a lot of it not a little of it a lot of it you never heard it here not one time not one time did it ever occur to you because I know you guys are paying attention to the news not just me did it ever occur that I didn't do it once that I didn't buy into any specific conspiracy one time in the election why didn't I do that because there was no information There was stuff put out there all over the place, but it wasn't confirmed by anyone. And when I, and we reported this accurately, and you know it, we went out wrong one time in the whole election cycle, not once. All right, I'll stack that record up against anybody. We reported it down the line fair. All right, there was fraud in the election. There was. The Justice Department knows it. But it didn't rise to the Supreme Court doing anything about it because it wasn't pervasive enough to overturn the vote. Now, maybe it will be. I said yesterday that Mike Lindell could be the greatest hero since Paul Revere if he fights the lawsuit against him by the Dominion voting people and the other machines and discovers that there was mass fraud in those machines, Mike Lindell becomes Paul Revere. And he has an opportunity to do it because his attorneys can discover. They can go in and look. And everything that Mike Lindell purports to be true, he can produce evidence in that trial to back him up. If that happens, then the whole thing gets turned on its head. Because the Justice Department under Joe Biden never going to look at this in a million years. And yesterday, the Supreme Court turned it down. Why? Because there wasn't enough evidence for six of the Supreme Court justices to say, well, we're not going to go into Pennsylvania and, and overturn that vote. Now, you know, there are three Supreme Court justices that are going to vote for Biden no matter what it is. You could you could. Bring in videotape of people cheating and they wouldn't care. All right. But there are there were there are enough justices on the Supreme Court. If the evidence was there, they would have said, yeah, we got to take a look at this Pennsylvania thing. But they said, no, six to three. Now, I know some of you aren't going to believe the system no matter what. I know that. Okay, All I can do is tell you what's real, what we have, what we see. So anyway, back to these nuts, Ushu uh, and McInerney. Uh, they've written a letter to AT&T, Verizon, Roku, Amazon, Apple, Comcast, Charter, Dish, Cox, Alphabet and Hulu saying you got to take off the right wing conservative networks. Okay, this is totalitarianism. This is what they do in China. This is what they do in Cuba. Okay, now these two, I mean, McInerney, He's uh, Stockton, California, okay, a very liberal place, 69 years old. Um, you know, I mean, that guy is in the outer limits. He's in the O zone. And SU, this is Santa Clara, San Mateo, Santa Cruz. She's 78 years old. And, again, I mean, there's no talking to these people. Now, tomorrow, they're going to testify in front of a House committee that's going to be a lead story. You got Bernie Goldberg coming up on him tomorrow, so we'll advance to this story. All right. It's not going to happen, by the way. They're not. They're not going to take the right wing networks off. That would be unconstitutional for them to do it. And the FCC chairman laced them. All right. He's still there. Biden didn't get rid of him. Put that uh, quote on a screen. He laced them. All right. Today, two senior Democrats on the House Energy and Commerce Committee selectively targeted a handful of news media outlets for their coverage of political events. By writing letters to the cable providers and other regional entities that carry these news media outlets, the Democrats are sending a message that is as clear as it is troubling. These regulated entities will pay a price if the targeted newsrooms do not conform to Democrats' preferred political narratives. Good for this guy, Brendan Cox. Good for him. That's exactly what it is. You better toe the line. We're going to hurt you. I mean, that's the whole game. Tomorrow, by the way, uh, Soledad O'Brien, far-left journalist, is going to uh, testify. We'll use some of her. Emily Bell, I don't know her. Columbia University, you can imagine. Kristen Urguiza, uh, I don't know her. Jonathan Turley is a fair man. Turley is a fair man. Again, Goldberg will be here to help us tomorrow. All right, Democrats are canceling uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo. We couldn't find one liberal pundit sticking up for the governor last night. Not one. CNN has muted his brother, Chris Cuomo, as a nine o'clock program. He can't mention his brother, Andrew Cuomo, the governor. So Democrat Assemblyman Ronald Kim wants uh, Cuomo impeached, not Chris, Andrew, In New York, we don't have recall here like you have in California. Newsom, I think Newsom may be gone this year. But anyway, Andrew Cuomo can't be recalled, but he can be impeached. And the Democrat's leading the way. Okay, and uh, 11 members of the New York State Democratic Party have submitted a resolution in the legislature in Albany to censure Andrew Cuomo. So they're after him. And this is, everybody's asking me, why are they, why are the left after one of their own? Remember, just two, three weeks ago, Andrew Cuomo was like, oh, the big, he's going to be attorney general, he's going to do this, going to, here's why they're after him. Because the smart heads in the progressive party know they've overreached, and I'm going to do that in a final thought. They know it. So now they're throwing Cuomo because you can't defend what Cuomo did. I mean, people died. And he won't admit it. But it's true. You can't defend it. Nobody can defend it. So they're going to throw him over the side into the ocean so they can point to, oh, no, no, no. We just don't cancel conservatives. We we, we cancel all bad people. That's why they're doing it. Isn't this fascinating? Two federal investigations, one by the FBI out of Brooklyn um, into the nursing home Cuomo situation. And now uh, some... Republican senators uh, want to launch an investigation uh, out of Capitol Hill on Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. And this is just an aside. CNN, you know you know what CNN is, okay. Hate Trump, this and that. The week of January 18th, they were still hating Trump, okay. Um, they got on primetime an average of 2,800,000 uh, viewers. Week of February 8th, they lost 35 percent of their audience, and it's going to go down to 50 and 60 percent. CNN gone, vanished along with Trump. As soon as Trump left, CNN and MSNBC's audience woo. Fox having trouble, you know that across the board. Um, So as I predicted, they're all going to be have not a good year this year unless some big thing happens. Reparations. For slavery, and we got a good guest on this coming up. He's warming up in the bullpen in Kansas for us. All right, so um, there was a study done at Harvard, my alma mater. And uh, two guys did this study, Dr. Eugene Richardson and Dr. Momin Malik. And they uh, came to the conclusion that descendants of slaves should receive $800,000 per household in reparations, and if they did, if they got $800,000, then maybe that slavery thing would be uh, mitigated. (laughs) Okay, that's never going to happen in a million years. So anyway, uh, Joe Biden, he doesn't oppose reparations like his former boss, Barack Obama, did. Here's what uh, Jen Psaki said about President Biden. He has signed an executive order
1: on his first day, uh, which would begin to deliver on his commitment to having an uh, all-cross-government uh, approach to addressing uh, racial inequality and, uh, and uh, making sure equity is a part of his entire policy agenda. But he certainly would support a study of reparations. Uh, and we understands uh, understands that we don't need a study to take action right now.
0: I don't know what that means. There's going to be a study. <laughs> Whenever you hear that, we're going to have a commission. No, we're going to have a study. Whenever you hear that, means nothing's going to happen. Okay, so there is a bill, H.R. 40, that would uh, do something, create a commission. Okay, the bottom line is not going to be any reparations, direct payments to descendants of slaves in the United States. Not going to happen because it would be so explosive and cause so much damage to race relations, People are going, hey, I lost descendants fighting for the North. Uh, I had my uh, property seized. Um, you know, what about this? What about that? I mean, it would never end. So it's not going to happen. J.P. Morgan has tapped $30 billion to advance racial equity. This is the Biden thing. So J.P. Morgan is going to put $30 billion of its own money, kind of, toward supplying more loans to customers and businesses of color, expanding operations and opening branches to serve more communities in uh, the neighborhoods that are uh, marginalized and investing in new technology to help somebody. I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with JP Morgan spending 30 billion or 80 billion or 90 billion bringing services, to people uh, in neighborhoods that are underserved. None. I don't have any problem with J.P. Morgan hiring as many minorities as they want to hire, as long as they're qualified. Okay? No problem. This is a private company. They can do what they want. But there's <laughs> always a but. Out of the 30000000000 billion, they're taking their tax credit for it. So they're taking a tax write-off for this equity business J.P. Morgan is. So they're deducting it. So they're going to pay less tax. This huge company, this huge bank company, less money is going in to the Treasury, U.S. Treasury, because they're taking a write-off on it. Just thought you'd like to know that. That'll never be reported by anybody else, but listen to that. Uh, I mentioned Barack Obama. He opposes reparations, or at least he did it in the past. Very, very clearly, quote, I'm going to quote him. This is July 27, 2008. I have said in the past, I'll repeat again, the best reparations we can provide are good schools in the inner city and jobs for people who are unemployed, unquote. So um, there you go. I right, was bringing Michael Austin. He is the director of the Sandalin Center for Entrepreneurial Government um, in Wichita, Lawrence, Kansas, I should say. Uh, and he has been an advisor to the governor of Kansas. He uh, knows his economic stuff. So did I make any mistakes, uh, Michael, in my run up to reparations that you heard? Do you disagree with anything I said?
1: Uh, No, not at all. Reparations, if done, would be my word, the largest government handout the country would ever see. And it's going to be as effective in solving race relations as the New Deal and War on Poverty were effective in growing the economy. Right. So in other words, a complete disaster. Uh, We here at the Kansas Policy Institute educate. Government agencies can only do one thing and one thing well, and that's give out government handouts. We really need to empower the people uh, to be the best version of themselves. That's the best way to see equality out there.
0: Okay, so what do you say to a person who says, listen, Michael, um, you know, my relatives, uh, my ancestors were enslaved. Uh, Then after that, they couldn't get an education. They had to move to Michigan to make a living. They had to live in a ghetto. Uh, they weren't, uh, didn't pass down any legacy, any material things to their children. And that cycle of poverty and that cycle of deprivation lasts up to this minute. Aren't we entitled, we, the victims of slavery, all these years later, aren't we entitled to some government help? How would you answer that?
1: Well, there already is government help, but you have to also understand we as a society don't you know, hold people responsible for things that happened in the past. And secondly, when you think about reparations, we're not talking about reparations. Reparations means there's a specific victim and there's a specific perpetrator. We're talking about government handouts. Take myself, for example, my family didn't come to America until well after slavery ended. Do you think Joe Biden and his reparation study are going to take that into consideration and spend fewer dollars? No, of course not. This is functionally no different than uh, canceling student loans or Medicare for all. It's all about massively expanding uh, government handouts.
0: Now, the president of the United States, Mr. Biden, seems to be on board with uh, handing out as much as he can to so-called marginalized communities, not just African-Americans, but there's a whole list. And this is the equity play that he did the first day he uh, was in office. How do you feel about that, giving favorable treatment to so-called marginalized groups? It it depends on what that treatment is. But I think for
1: for, for most arguments, you don't create equity, you don't create justice by making one group worse off than the other. Um, and second, this talk about free stuff, either uh, free health care or free tuition or even reparations, it's all about taking, you know, people's hard earned money and spending it in the most flamboyant way possible, regardless of the results.
0: Why do you think that 90 percent of African-American voters continue to support the Democratic Party in places like Chicago, uh, New York? Philadelphia, Baltimore, when their whole society is fallen apart around them, crime is crazy, poor people are suffering, being murdered by the thousands, why do they still support the people who don't seem to be able to help them?
1: Well, I'll, I'll, let me flip that question a little bit. You know, why do politicians keep pushing these race-baiting tactics and, and policies? And my answer to that would be, it's like football. You know, the politicians are going to keep running the rape reparations, the race hustling tactics until, you know, the other side figures out how to stop it. And if the left continues to get more support for socialism and wealth redistribution from doing these types of tactics, then the more that they're going to do it. So the only thing that we can do as a society, I think, is present our elected officials with with two simple questions. You know, at what cost and what evidence do you have? You know, but, but polls, even if
0: you here. do that, you're not going to convince the politicians because they're going to buy as many votes as they can buy. We all know that. But the folks, the regular folks, I, I don't I can't answer the question. You go to the Bronx and Brooklyn where I live and you see that it's totally out of control. There's no public safety at all. Yet the folks continue to vote in the people who hurt them. And I don't get it. Last word.
1: I think what's most important is when you set those questions as what the cost is, what is the evidence, you'll find very many policies uh, far left can push through those questions. And you're right. So much of this year, uh, the, the society has had a mindset that just seems contrary to Dr. King, right, which is holding yourself to the content of your character. I have learned that making good choices, finding a job, treating others with kindness can go a long way in providing anyone a life out of spare. And we just have to get that word out there again.
0: All right, Michael, thanks very much for helping us out. We appreciate it. If any of you can explain to me, anybody, I mean, write to me, Bill at BillOReilly.com, why people in the African-American community, devastated for decades, for hundreds of years in some cases, Continue to vote for people who hurt them. I I don't think Michael was able to answer the question, and I'd love an answer if anybody has a good opinion on that. All right, Merrick Garland, everyone. Let's hear it from Merrick. Uh, He's going to be the next attorney general. He's going to be the next guy. I mean, I can't believe it. I would never, ever vote for Merrick Garland for attorney general. I thank God he's not on the Supreme Court. So, why? Roll the tape. Just a a fundamental question. Do you believe that illegal entry at America's border should remain a crime? Well, I haven't thought about uh, that question. Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I I, I think, uh, you know, the the president has... uh, made clear that we are a country of uh with the borders and with the concern about national security um i don't know of a proposal to uh decriminalize but still make it uh unlawful to enter i just don't know the answer to that question and so you can't be attorney general you don't know the answer to that question that's not a hard question and does anybody believe for a second that mr garland has never thought about that does anybody believe that i i you know, I never thought about that so, he's the Attorney General of the United States and he's like he should have said no we got to have borders we have to have laws we have to know who's here we have to supervise immigration because if you don't you have chaos that's what he should have said but even though this is this man is about as unqualified as anybody I've ever seen for the attorney general position all right I mean he's Eric Holder's bro, as they say. Grassley, Cornyn, Graham, Cruz, the big Republican senators, all say, yeah, yeah, okay. So they're going to give Biden this one. Not going to turn out well. Cancel culture update. So the chief of the Cherokee Nation. Now, if you read um, Killing Crazy Horse, you know, we tell you about the Cherokees, how they got hosed. Uh, But, you know, they're still a nation. So this man's name is Chuck Hoskin Jr. He has written a letter to Jeep saying you got to rename the Jeep Cherokee, which was first introduced in 1974. Chuck's a little late to the party on, on this one. 47 years ago. But no, no Cheek Cherokee, ah, uh-uh, no good. Here's what Chuck says. I think we're in a day and age in this country where it's time for both corporations and team sports to retire the use of Native American names, images and mascots from their products, team jerseys and sports in general. <laughs> okay. I, I would think that if you're a proud Cherokee, you would want the name to be known by everybody. I would. I love this story you ready for this Bruce Springsteen who we last left taking a breathalyzer test in Staten Island um, he is now uniting with Barack Obama to do a podcast called renegades born in the USA yeah renegades I bet (laughs) you're gonna be eight Episodes. There they are. They're the renegades. They don't they look. They look like renegades. Oh yeah. So uh, they're going to have, according to the PR, deep and revealing conversation. I, I, I assume they'll have to bring someone else in for that. <laughs> That's not nice. Barack Obama's is a brilliant man, and I don't say that word brilliant with any sarcasm. He's a brilliant man. He is. I mean, to do what he did. From where he came from, you don't have to like him, but he's got some kind of intellect, that man. Bruce, I'm not so sure. (laughs) However, I'll watch, I think, if I can find it. All right? The first episode ran 53 minutes. All right? I don't know whether it was deep and revealing. I didn't see it. It could be viewed on Spotify. I don't know what that is, but I heard of it. So uh, talk about deep and revealing. How about Madonna? Okay, Uh, this is another great one. So Madonna, working girl from Detroit, uh, is worth about $850 million. She lives near me out in eastern Long Island. Madonna's got a huge track out there. Okay, and, uh, you know, she earned her money. Material girl, don't begrudge her a cent of it. However, Madonna says that she is oppressed in this country. Quote, the patriarchy continues to try to crush my neck with their heavy boots, cut off my life force, and take away my voice. Even those who call themselves artists, you know who you are. Death to the patriarchy, now and forever and Whoa. Wow. Somebody has their boot on Madonna's neck. Well, what about Madonna's 10 bodyguards? Are they permitting that? On, how, how did that work out? Now, maybe she's just being satirical. Maybe this is just a joke, right? The joke is on all of us, and Madonna's sitting up there counting her $850 million, going, yeah, I don't, I'll put this out. So this is you know so the patriarchy i mean that's white guys i guess i don't even know what that is but i think it's white guys so if madonna was born in south africa or thailand or finland do you think she'd have 850 million you think so so the patriarchy had done pretty well by her again she earned it but she had the opportunity Tim Matheson, you know him? Otter in Animal House. So Tim, kind of a liberal guy, and a few days ago, January 22nd, he tweeted this about Melania Trump and Jill Biden. Quote, so wonderful to have a first lady with class and heart and can speak English. Whoa, whoa. Tim got crushed. The patriarchy got him. Okay, so. The same day, Matheson puts out another tweet. This morning I made a hasty and stupid joke about the former first lady. It wasn't funny. It wasn't poor taste. It was regretful and humorless, and I apologize. Okay? All right. So Tim Matheson insulted Melania Trump, who is a very smart woman, by the way. Very smart. And um, now, if it were the other way around, If Tim were conservative, he'd be canceled, right? Wouldn't he be canceled? I'm not canceling. I'm accepting Tim's apology. Caveat. I know him. He played Ronald Reagan in my movie, Killing Reagan. Roll the tape. Understand that at least three persons have been hit the president was hit by John Warnick Hinckley They have been underestimating us all our lives I want to show them I can do this. i not without you not without your faith Mr.. President this is the worst possible thing you could do right now last time I checked I am in control here All right. Tim Matheson. Good apology, Tim. We love you. We're not canceling you. And he's a really good actor. I thought he did very, very well as Ronald Reagan in Killing Reagan, the movie. All right. Pew, we uh, respect Pew Research. We think it's good. They say that social media users are more likely to believe nonsense and misinformation than people who don't hang out on social media. All right, the report found that people who use social platforms for news were less informed and more susceptible to believing rumors and hoaxes. I know that's true. You wouldn't believe the mail I get. They I saw it on social media. Bup, 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 bup. This day in history, one of the bloodiest battles ever for the United States of America. Seventy-six years ago, February 23rd, 1945, five Marines raised the flag the American flag on Iwo Jima, Mount Suribachi. So I read all about this in Killing the Rising Sun. Yes, I have a lot of books. Um, And this battle was incredible. Um, 70,000 Marines invaded the island because they needed the airstrip there to attack Japan itself. And the Japanese wouldn't surrender. 18,000 Japanese fighters killed 7,000 Marines killed, five days of fighting. Brutal. Incredible. Uh, Iwo Jima, 76 years ago today. Okay, quick break. Back with some mail and a final thought about the progressive left, maybe on the verge of implosion. Right back. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. All right, right, let's do the mail. Always a fun part of the program. Wayne, concierge, remember? Which means Wayne has direct access to me. Bill, you know, the cancel culture thing is not just about denial of due process. It's about denial of the very concept of redemption. It is the denial of a man's right to make mistakes and to change, and a woman's right, too. got to be politically correct, Wayne. Very good, Wayne. Very good. Janice Kidd, Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Bill, I think the simplest way to end cancel culture by corporations and news media is boycott. I'm not a big boycott guy, but I am going to suggest to people who don't like the cancel culture that those who do it, who push it, who embrace it, you don't do business with them. It's different from a boycott. I'm not organizing any boycotts. Okay? I'm just saying if this person's doing this, you make the call. You have the power, as we saw in San Francisco. That was the folks that turned that school board around. Kent, your analysis of cancel culture is very good, but how do we as Americans, and there are millions of us, counter cancel culture and biased media? They are in control. Buy your dollars. That's how you do it. And that's why we're doing this campaign. Vaughn McGraw, Waterbury, Connecticut. Bill, after listening to the No Spin News, it breaks my heart that our country could lose all its rights in a single generation. I served my country in the late 1970s. So disappointed in what's happening. So am I. But I think it's going to turn. And that's a final thought coming right up. Michael Noble of Vancouver, Canada. I unfortunately see exactly what is happening, Bill, and I disagree with you and what you said about Gina Carano. She did not equate Nazis with the political climate in America. Disney is not the problem. Disney is the symptom of the problem. Well, I disagree on both fronts. Uh, Gina Carano didn't do anything malicious. She should not have been canceled, should not have been fired. But you don't use the Nazi analogy to make a point about contemporary politics in America. It's just not valid. OK, so she made a mistake there. Disney fired her in a fascistic way. So Disney, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is the problem. Stephen, if U.S. Olympic hockey team beat our ideological political rival today, they would be called privileged white guys who are racist and white supremacists. My might be. John, concierge member. Thank you, John. Watch some of Merrick Garland's confirmation. All I can say is thank God he's not on the Supreme Court. I agree 100%. That was the best thing Donald Trump did, the three Supreme Court appointees. Paul Worley, St. Louis. Come on, Bill. Anyone with common sense will realize a trip to Cancun wasn't going to change the power problem in Texas. No, but leadership has got to be on the scenes in time of crisis. Charlie. Bill O. Yeah, the optics look bad for Ted Cruz, but tell me this. What the hell can a senator do? Shake hands? Mingle with the proletariat? Gotta be on the scene. Gotta be. Chris Dolofsky, Philadelphia. Bill, why are left-wing media outlets like NBC attacking Governor Cuomo? He's a Democrat. That's usually a pass in the media. And I explained it, but I wanted to read your letter because you were on it, and your question prompted me to put the segment in tonight, Chris. Kyle Beatty, I've been listening to you for many years, Mr. O'Reilly. Thanks for delivering the news with clarity and no spin. I'm also a big fan of the Killing Books. And on that note, if you pre-order Killing the Mob out May 4th, you get 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. If you re-up your premium or concierge member, you get the books free. I mean, that. that's a good deal. might want to think about it. Okay, when writing to us, do not be a jackanapes. I love that word. J A C K A N A P E S. Jackanapes. Don't be that. Back with a final thought in a moment.
1: Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere.
0: Okay, final thought of the day. It is my opinion, and I may be absolutely wrong, that the far-left progressive movement is close to destroying itself. Three issues. All right, the first one is censorship. Censorship. Even the dimmest among us, the dimmest people on the planet in the USA know the totalitarianism follows from censorship. Now, You want to keep your freedom, you can't have censorship. You can't have social media telling you what you can and can't say. You can't. All right? Number one. Number two, destroying the energy industry, Green New Deal. We're seeing what's happening. California, Texas, can't destroy you can simultaneously develop alternative energy. You can't destroy it. That's what the progressives want. And the third thing is immigration. Wait do you see what's going to happen. Now, tomorrow, we're going to have an immigration story. It's building now. But I'll give you one fact. In the Del Rio, Texas sector, all right, 172% increase in apprehensions from December to January, 172%. Joe Biden is sending a signal. Come on. Come on gonna let everybody in who wants asylum that's everybody and then seven years and now maybe their case will be heard maybe they'll show up probably won't they'll be they'll be here they'll be here no covid tests come on in it's gonna kill them the economy immigration cancel culture censorship all at the far left doorstep where do you see what's going to happen see you tomorrow